Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you are eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. We're looking at the idea of Christian community or that word fellowship. I kind of use the word Christian community interchangeable. Uh, fellowship is what we find in the Bible, and there's nothing wrong with that word. We just maybe speak more of the idea of community uh, in our day and time. Now, I remember growing as a Christian. I didn't have any uh, church background. I remember the first time I heard that word fellowship used in church, they were talking about there's a fellowship going on after the service, and I thought, what on earth is that? And maybe that's just me. Uh, but I had to think about it. I mean, I know hanging out with friends and we do different things, uh, but the word fellowship was a little bit strange uh, to me at that time, but I quickly understood what it was. We're coming together to hang out as Christians, and we're going to either do it around food, do it around fun, uh, whatever the case is. But fellowship or community is essential. Uh, God established it. We see that through our love for one another, the fact that we're all forever connected together into God's family because we're adopted into God's family. We see the importance of community through the establishment of the local church. I mean, what is the local church? It is a community of believers that are joined together for one sole purpose of carrying out God's great commission or fulfilling the truth of God's word. Now, if we think about Christian community, what would be maybe the opposite of community? And we could think of a few different things, but one thing that really sticks out big to my mind is this idea of isolation. You see, the plan or the purpose of fellowship or community is to gather people together. What are we gathering around? We're gathering around a commonality of Jesus Christ. We're gathering around the commonality of God's Word and prayer. And we see that in the uh, first church here in Acts 2.41, when they're gathering together, they're continuing steadfastly uh, in these four things, in doctrine, in breaking of bread, in prayer, and in fellowship. And so as we come together, uh, we have a commonality to come together around. And I think that's a beautiful part of our ministry on the college campuses, is we have people from all different backgrounds, as far as faith backgrounds, no faith backgrounds, skeptics, agnostics, but we come together around this commonality of God's word and prayer. And there's a there's a common theme there that we can gather around. And we see they gathered daily there in this uh, early church. Now, that doesn't mean per se um, do we have to have a church service every single day of the week. Uh, we could, but we don't. But the idea of community doesn't, let me, let me say this, the community doesn't just happen on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, or Thursday, whenever your church has its, its services. This idea of community runs much deeper. Yeah, we come together as a community of believers to enjoy fellowship together, but this community, this fellowship should occur with all believers throughout the week, meaning we should be engaging together uh, because we all, I mean, there, if you've got a church of 300, if you have a church of a thousand or you have a church even of a hundred or less, it's hard for every single one of them people to come together every day of the week. There's going to be a lot of different things going on, a lot of different personalities, so forth. But f- smaller subgroups or sub communities can come together. 
And that's the idea here. But if we think about this idea of community, then the opposite of it is going to be isolation. And isolation can be a very, very dangerous place to be. We find Elijah uh, back after he had gone to King Ahab, and we see him, I mean, he, he's prayed in uh, great answers to prayer. And then all of a sudden we hear uh, Jezebel wants his life. She, she's kind of put out a hit on his life. And here's the man of God who's been willing to walk up to the king and say whatever he wants to say, and then all of a sudden we find him spiraling downward uh, into anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and you'll find one key little thing there is he ran away uh, and he separated himself from the people he was with, and he went and got alone. And so isolation can be very dangerous. Why? Because it's the opposite of what God wants us to be engaged in, because God knows the enemy. And so you think about isolation, what does it do? Isolation kills community. Isolation fuels the feeling of loneliness that many people already have. Isolation can fuel depression. It fuels anxiety. It fuels suicidal thought. And these all fuel isolation. So if you can see the vicious cycle. So being isolated can make us feel more lonely. It can make us feel more depressed, very anxious. It can bring about suicidal thoughts. And feeling depressed, feeling anxious, having suicidal thoughts makes us feel isolated and want to stay isolated. And so it's hard to come out. Isolation fuels pornography. And then pornography fuels isolation. I see this as a, with a big issue uh, with both guys and girls. The, the women is growing. But with men uh, wanting to stay away and wanting to be isolated, why? So they can go get their, their dopamine fix of pornography rather than being with young ladies and hanging out and being a part of community. I see a big lag these days of young men wanting to hang out and spend time with young ladies. So that could be one of the things. You know, ironically, social media actually makes us less social. There's a lot of research that shows us we're maybe the most connected, disconnected uh, generation in the world because we think we're connected, but in uh, in reality, the relational aspect of community is not there. You see, God created us as relational beings. You and I need relationships. If you think about one thing, all of creation was good. Right, God goes in and creates the first day, second day, third, and he says, it's good, it's good, it's good. And there's one thing that's not good, and it was man being alone. And he said, this is not good. And so he created Eve to be a helpmeet to Adam, and then it was good. And so the idea of isolation, God says, it is not good. Uh, we are very connected, and I'll read some stats to you. There was some research done um, at Penn State uh, 48,000 students were interviewed. Uh, this was right before, this was 2017, so it's a few years back, but this is it's hard to find, you know, super recent stats, but this is right before all the pandemic stuff came into effect. But they found this out, that 64% of the students surveyed on a large campus with people all around them. Think about that. When you think about a university campus, there's people, they're together in dorms, they're together in classes all day, they're walking up and down hallways and outside, and they're just around people more than what maybe your average person would be unless you live in a very busy downtown industrial place and there's just people going everywhere. 64% said they felt very lonely in the previous 12 months. 62% responded feeling overwhelming anxiety. 69% felt they were very sad. 
53% felt that things were hopeless, and 12% of those seriously considered suicide. Now, I know these are just numbers, but when you think about 64% of the young people walking on that college campus felt lonely. Not just lonely, but very lonely. But if you see that 64%, uh, right around the same percentage or more, they felt overwhelming anxiety, they felt very sad, and they felt very hopeless. Why? Because loneliness breeds these things. You see, God established community for a reason, and that's why we're looking at this as being a core building block to our faith foundation. Uh, It's not just something that we need to think about engaging in. It's something we need to be very purposeful and very intentional engaging in Christian community. Uh, Why would people tend to navigate towards isolation? I mean, why do that if it's such a uh, dangerous place, if if it's something God didn't create us for? Well, isolation can be a whole lot easier than the energy it takes and the time it takes to build relationships. Let's just be honest. Uh, People and relationships can get messy. They can get frustrating. They can have highs. They can have lows. Why? Because we're humans. We're not perfect. And so sometimes it's just easier not to engage in the relationship. Not to try to build friendships. Maybe you've been hurt by people. Maybe you've been hurt in the church. Now, that's real. And many people face that. Maybe you've been hurt by one person. Maybe you were hurt by the the church at large. And you're thinking, I, I don't want anything to do with people like that. You and I can't allow one person or one place uh, to remove us or to be an excuse for us not to engage in something that God, one, has created, and he gives us a pattern to engage in it. You know, relationships with people is going to be messy. It will always be that way. And then, you know, we're coming out of COVID. COVID. We're, we're, we feel like we're out of it, maybe, for most of us. Uh, but that was two years of forced isolation. And I talked to young people today that were maybe a freshman and a sophomore during that pandemic. And I'm sure this relates to high school students as well. I'm just giving you uh, the, the young people that I'm able to interact with and get real information from that they feel more comfortable being isolated because that's what they have done for the past two years. That's how they feel college should be. That's how they feel life should be. And so some of them are having a really hard time integrating back into this idea of community, of being around each other. Um, and so they're struggling with that. Some are not having it. They're just, they're out there, they're excited, they're ready to go. But I'm just saying isolation is the opposite of community. Isolation kills community. And think about this. We understand Satan is real. We understand that Satan, as the Bible tells us in in Peter, walks about seeking whom he may devour. As a roaring lion, it says. I mean, think about that. As you think about a roaring lion, maybe you've seen that on Animal Planet or some show, and you watch him roaring or running or going after that prey. Who do they typically go after? It's the one that's isolated or the one that's maybe injured, the one that has a uh, less chance of getting away. And sometimes when there's a whole group of animals, a herd of animals, it'll shoo that dangerous lion away. You see, there's great strength in community. Being isolated is allowing yourself to be a prime target for Satan. I mean, who else would the, the roaring lion like to go after? Would he like to go after a big group of people and have to defeat all of them? Or would he rather go around that lone person all by themselves, sitting, thinking, already struggling. You know, isolation breeds doubt. That's something else it puts in our mind. You've got feelings of loneliness and all that that is going on in your mind. And then the devil, 
our, our enemy is there trying to hurt us. And so community is huge in removing isolation. And it can help us to heal some of these mental health issues we may experience. And then Christian community provides spiritual protection. If that's what Satan is trying to do, a huge purpose of community is to strengthen and to unite us. I mean, Christian community produces unity. Um, If you think about isolation, again, that's when King David fell into adultery. I mean, think about that. He was there. He should have been in battle, but he's there on the top of his roof all by himself, and he's doing what? He's looking, and he sees this very attractive woman bathing herself. And as he sees that, rather than resisting the temptation, he falls into it, brings her to his house, commits adultery with this woman, then would have to cover it up because she is found to be pregnant. And so he tries to lure in, deceive the husband, then ends up killing her husband, deceiving the nation for a year. Why? Because he found himself isolated, away from the community that God desired him to be in. Same thing that happened with Elijah. So I hope you can see isolation is the wilderness where Satan will perform his hardest attacks. And if you and I find ourselves there, we can be prime targets for his attacks. So allow the community to do what? To gather you around like-minded Christians. Allow that community to strengthen your faith. Allow that community to provide the spiritual protection that God has designed it to provide. And then allow that Christian community to produce the unity that is so powerful uh, to other people. The unity of our faith speaks volumes. You know, community is contagious and appealing. Some people may belong to our community before they believe. They may belong to our community, hang out, come, see what it's about before they will believe in Jesus Christ. So I challenge you to do this. As you think about your church, your workplace, your family, uh, your, your local community, maybe you're part of a sports team, whatever it is, establish you. Don't let someone else have to do it. You work to establish a community that is absolutely contagious to others that won't, that will make them want to be involved. Will want to uh, join part of it. How can you do that by you being involved? You being excited about it, you being welcoming, you being loving, and working hard to stay united with others within that community. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.